All right, welcome to another week of the Between Two Pines podcast. This week, we have uh, Zach, my lovely co-host, friend of ours, Connor, and then myself, Austin. Uh, This week, we're going to be kind of um, loose and at it. This week, we don't really have an outline that we're going to be going off of, nothing uh, too stringent. Uh, It's been a while. I know, Zach, you and I have both been busy just living life, enjoying the summer. You you know, we don't want to sit inside and podcast when it's 75 degrees out and sunny. Um, but yeah, so Zach, what have you been up to since last time we recorded? It's been almost a month. Uh, yeah, not a whole heck of a lot. It's, it's a little warmer than 75 here, but still trying to get out in the mornings and evenings when I can and doing stuff. It's kind of hard to do a lot when it's in the middle of the day, but, um, just getting some trap and fur trap and stuff lined up. They're just, uh, kind of finishing up some traps for that. And then uh, just shoot my bow a whole heck of a bunch. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, yeah, down by you, I know you were. We were just talking before we started recording. Uh, yeah, you guys are getting hit pretty bad with some rain right now, huh? Yeah, we get a lot of stuff that comes up from the south, so it's uh, it's all. If we get wind, we kind of just figure that rain's right behind it. It's kind of like living in a Connex trailer down here. It's just hot and muggy all the time, and um, we saw the temperature yesterday or two days ago was like 86, but the real feel is like 110. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's just how humid it's like 87% humidity. Yeah, That's a nightmare. Yeah. That sounds uh, absolutely awful. And I am not jealous of that. And aren't you guys getting into like tornado season now? When is tornado? Season? That was a couple months ago it was real uh-huh. bad. Um, uh, we had a couple hit probably within 10, 15 miles of me for two different ones oh, hit. Geez. 10, 15 miles for me, actually. But, um, yeah, thankfully we're kind of out of that season now. Yeah, no, I, I, I always picture just tornado season being the summer, but I guess isn't it probably more of the spring then, right? Yeah, that wet, wet spring weather. Yeah. Yeah, so anything else fun and exciting out there? Uh, Nothing too much, man. Just kind of dog days of summer. Haven't really done too much fishing. Um, just kind of. We did a couple of floats on the river and just kind of been, I don't know, just hanging out. Yeah, I feel you. So uh, this week we have Connor, and uh, Connor is a longtime friend of uh, Zach and I's, and, I, and he's been on here before, I believe. He may be in one of our very first episodes that went unused, so not open to the public. But uh, Connor's a good friend of ours. Um, Connor, what have you been up to uh, in the outdoors? Anything fun and exciting? Well, contrary to Zach, I've been out fishing a ton this summer, uh, especially in the past oh, couple of weeks. Been on the Wisconsin River, hammering uh, catfish, walleyes, smallies. Been trying to get out and connect with some muskies, but uh, nothing but follow-ups and strikes. And uh, then been doing some trout fishing too. So it's been a it's been a fun few weeks here of just been getting out on the on the water. So let me ask you this: so for the uh, uh, for the channel cats on the river, because I was just talking to another friend of ours. So do you find that, I mean, mostly, at least for me, the fish that I keep is in like in the fall and in the spring, I'll keep fish and the water temperatures are down. But for the catfish, are you getting at the meat? Because that's the only thing I'd be afraid of is that the meat is going to be soggy. Well, just like any other fish. I mean, it's not going to be that cold season ice fishing, great quality meat. But I mean, I'm not afraid to eat any fish that's coming out of uh, yeah. coming out of the water. I mean. 
yeah, you can take some other precautions and soak it in nice water or in milk overnight or whatever. That's going to take some of that out. But as long as you're taking that uh, that care before the animal or the, the fish dies and aren't letting it sit in stagnant, yeah. just like 90 degree water, in the live it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then for the mu- how have you actually been doing on the muskies? Decent. Oh, we've been connecting with uh with a few. Last week was, I mean, okay. I had a follow up uh, on a, I don't know, mid thirties size muskie that came up right up to the boat. Figured aided it and didn't want to strike. And then uh, a couple other that hit but didn't connect with and just weren't able to connect with them yet. But uh, fish a ten thousand cast for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, really looking forward to getting out in the lake with my dad here during uh, the fall and uh, the early winter and uh out with some suckers it'll, it'll be fun yeah, oh yeah. rick's a musky whisper yes, is. i mean there, there have been the last few years he's really connected with them and been able to figure them out yeah so. for sure yeah that'll be fun for sure yeah um yeah i guess for me um i haven't been i mean i've been doing a little bit here and there um i've got out i've done i mean i've done all the different types of fishing not as much as i would like i've uh, you know, been sandbarring it a lot with the girlfriend around 4th of July and all that. And then I fished up north quite a bit. I mean, did pretty good on the panfish. Nothing too crazy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, been out on the Wisconsin River a handful of times. I mean, nothing to brag about. One, like, nice smallmouth. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I've been doing some trout fishing, which I've only caught, like, three trout, and they were all dinks. So, uh, yeah, so as the listeners know, I, I work, uh, with a lot of, um, we'll say researchers in the field of natural resources. And, uh, I was talking to them and they had been shocking a Creek Emmons Creek in Wisconsin. They had like 400 fish that they shocked in the first hundred yards. And this was like multiple times within the same four weeks or so. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to go try, you know, go fish over there. We've been shocking all these fish. I went over there. I did not catch a damn thing. And then the following day, they shocked like 600 in the first 100 yards of all like decent sized fish. So one thing was shocking. And I even realized it because we went out and tested a shocking barge. And within the first, I would say, half mile that we were on the shocking barge, we must have shocked probably between six and 10 what appeared to be legal musky. And I fished that stretch before and not caught a damn thing. So it just proves when you go out and shock, it makes you feel like the worst fisherman <laughs> in the world of all time. Yep. But yeah, nothing uh, too fun and exciting. But um, Zach, um, I did, well, did anyone have anything else that they wanted to add before we uh, carry on here? No? No? Zach, anything else? No, I'm good. Right. Well, Zach, did you want to... Um, bring us into i don't think we have many news stories we have one and this literally just got released what three hours ago right now it's uh it's july 22nd right now so yeah i think it was about three three hours ago four hours ago yeah at uh 601 p.m i got an email from backcountry hunters and anglers uh and it must have happened a little bit before then but uh our great american outdoors act passed in this in the uh House of Representatives, 310 to 107. Um, so they were able to hear our voices and were able to kind of get some bipartisan agreement on something worth, da- worth the darn. So 
that's good. And it seems like the only thing left to do is President Trump to sign it. And he ag- already agreed he was going to way back when. Uh, so as long as he sticks to his word, then I think we're, uh, we got good cause for celebration. for Yeah, this. absolutely. And uh, I know we had talked about the, uh, I believe the Clean Waters Act before. I don't think we've really touched or actually, no, we did touch on a previous episode about the uh, Great American Outdoors Act. Um, just to remind the listeners, uh, did you want to just say w- what exactly that is and what that's going to do for public lands? Yeah, um, I'm no expert on it, but it, so the uh, uh, Land and Water Conservation Fund had already gotten approved for uh, permanent funding, but about half of that funding would get siphoned off from other departments and other government entities. So uh, the fund usually would get about $450 million annually, and that fund comes from offshore oil and uh, drilling royalties. So this Great American Outdoors Act uh, guarantees full funding, which is to the tune of $900 million annually for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which that funds things, um, I think it's used in like 99% of the counties in America, but it's like boat ramps, uh, you know, city parks, baseball fields, soccer fields, but then it's like uh, public land easements, public land accents, access public land maintenance and then it, this act also guarantees like a five million year five million dollars a year for the next five year uh backlog for bureau of land management and park service maintenance as well on top of the permanent funding yeah yeah and that's um what i was reading about it and like i said i had to briefly touch up on it before uh you know we started the podcast uh is that a lot, I mean, a lot of this money is going to be used towards uh, land acquisition. And there's actually, I think there's a clause in the act that mandates certain amounts of land acquisition per year. Um, so that's a good thing. So the feds are going to be buying up more land and uh, turning that into public lands, which is good. Yeah. And now they have, they also have enough to uh, try and at least get a little more maintenance done as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, um, Pre-COVID, that was, uh, and we had talked about it in previous episodes, was uh, how decrepit some of these structures are in the national parks and how they're hurting for funding. And now this, hopefully, which uh, it's the government, so I'm sure they'll screw it up somehow, um, but uh, should be able to actually get the funding needed to to bring some of these places back to their glory. Yeah, it's uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, no, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um was there anything else? Anything else in the news, Connor? Anything that you want to add? Anything you've heard about? No, but I did have a question about the uh, the vote, I guess. Um, Zach or Austin, you s- said that it was a 300 and something to 100 and something vote. Is that correct for yeah. uh, yep. approval? 310 to 107. Yeah. Do, you, do you know why? Because I know that it was almost unanimous in the beginning stages of it all. Um, what changed that? Or uh, I guess what was the reasoning for the votes for no? So, you know so, um, yeah so well zach if you want to touch on it i, I read a couple articles that kind of touched on that well you go ahead i they have a link here for seeing who uh who voted yes and no i was going to try and look up but go ahead so the article that i read was um and it was out of utah um so i think there was two utah um or representatives that voted against it 
And we have to realize that this this act went in before COVID. So this is like a pre-COVID act and then COVID happened and then it uh, carried over into COVID era. So um, what the at least the two representatives from Utah were saying is that basically uh, how could we take all the it's frivolous to require more lands to, or money to be allocated to buy more lands, public lands when we're in an economic depression and that this money should be used for stimulating the economy or should be used for defunding the police or whatever the hell else they are. Who knows what their prerogative is, but basically the argument was that they would rather spend the money on other projects as opposed to this one. So I don't think anyone was quote unquote against it. I think it was just that they, the money well, could have been used for elsewhere. Other yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, and is that a specific thing? Other project that they were discussing was something um, like, uh, or, or were there other projects that they specifically said, or was it just in general, like um, we're the, in the middle of a pandemic? And uh, so the one that I saw quoted, and I'm going to find the uh, the exact. Oh, there's the article right there. I believe that they quoted something about like veteran, uh, something veteran. Yeah. Okay. So here's a quote um, from Representative Lee, Republican of Utah. He said, at a time when the federal government is running deficits of almost $1 trillion a month, it is absurd that Congress would pass a bill that would make spending for more land acquisition mandatory. Why should the federal land acquisition be made mandatory before the benefits for veterans or funding soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines? To me, it sounds just like political jargon, like I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't support this, but the fe- oh, and here's what he went on to say. Uh, the federal government already owns too much land. The last thing we should be doing is enabling the federal government to acquire more land without any scrutiny from Congress. So, yeah, this guy is who knows what the hell this guy's talking about. But I'm sure that there's others from him or they're supported by which, you know, all politics aside, if they're price uh, funded by oil companies, right. they're probably not going to be. Say that money, don't give that money to the the Fed. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So yeah, there's that, and I apologize for blowing my nose. My allergies been acting a fool. Uh, But yeah, Zach, did you read anything else about that? Um, no, I can't find the direct uh, sway for the House. It looked like for the Senate, um, at least for co-sponsors, it was forty-two. Democrats and 15 Republicans, um, but it's still passed by a good majority in the Senate, and I, I can't put, I can't find the exact uh, numbers per each for the House, but I'd assume that a couple more Democrats than Republicans are the ones that said yes to it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there these Utah, I don't know. Read the, I guess, you know, take it for what it is. I mean, I don't know. I'm, it seems like they're making fair points depending on what you, you know, what you think money should be allocated for. And, you know, I think that money for, he's fine. Um, I think that money for, uh, for land conservation use is, uh, you know, a good use of the money. Do I think that uh, veterans uh, benefits is important too? Yeah, absolutely. But if this bill is going to be in, you know, let's try and get it passed while we could get it passed, you know. And that's money that's just already coming in no matter what. That money's been coming in ever since offshore drilling's been around. So it's not like it's not like funding's getting cut from somewhere else. If anything, 
that money was getting siphoned out of this fund that should have not happened in the first place. And that's why this is uh, passing is to make it so that nobody siphons off any more money from this, this yeah, fund. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's kind of a moot point, but whatever, no matter what you do, you're going to have people getting all butthurt about it. So whatever, but it's going to pass. So not much they could do about it at this point, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess, uh, uh, did you have anything you wanted to add, Connor? No, no, nope, nope. nope. I clarified a bunch of questions I had about it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Zach, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, crack a beer and go out and go hike some public yeah. land or go yes, camping. Go camping. Wow. Zach, was that a segue that just came by? <laughs> oh my God. You bet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that brings us right into our main topic this week. Um, like I said, we're going to keep it loose this week. Um, but we did want to talk about just camping. It's the summertime. I've been out camping a couple times this year already. Zach, I know you have. Connor, have you been out camping? Not, not this year, no. Nope. Not, not this year yet. Uh, I know we were talking about it last night about some different things uh, potentially for camping. But, um, Zach, I'll let you lead this one. If you want to take us in here, and we'll just start blabbering on, uh, blabbering on a bunch of incoherent nonsense about camping like we do for everything. So, Yeah, I just kind of thought we could, uh, uh, well, first maybe list off one of our favorite pieces of camping equipment. Um maybe why we like it or, you know, why people should use it. But uh, if you guys want to do that, then I'll start. Um, if you go to Walmart, you can buy a Coleman Peak, and it's a little mini camp stove. Like one, it's almost like a jet boil. Is it, like, is it, is it, but, the, is it uh, the one that screws on top of the propane tank, or is it one that's like an actual stove top? It's just a little tiny burner that screws onto the top of the okay, propane yeah, tank. Yeah. But it's that mixed fuel, propane and butane or something like that. But that thing is so slick, it boils water in like 60 seconds. You could throw a little pan on there and cook your meat, put a bowl on there. It does it all. I think I paid like $18 for it opposed to a and jet what's boil. It it's a Coleman, and I think it's a Coleman. I think it's a Peak or a Peak One or something. Peak one here. I'm gonna look it up. But you just need, oh yeah, you yeah. just need lighters yeah. or matches. Yeah, yeah. one of these. Yeah, okay, yeah. I I bought it a couple of years ago, and I've been using it a lot. I even take it out into the field when I'm at work, and I make instant coffee with it out in the middle of nowhere, and it's pretty slick. I don't I don't really leave too many places without yeah, that. Yeah. Um. So you're, are you, do you bring the, uh, what's it called? The dual fuel or whatever that propane stuff, because I have, uh, the, which it, actually it's not this exact one. Cause mine doesn't have the starter on it. Um, mine's just the standard propane one for the green propane tanks. Do you like that? Uh, that mixed fuel? I've never used it, but I see it there at Walmart all the time. Yeah, I like it. I don't know how it compares to propane, but it gets freaking hot. I mean, it's, and it, I'm not burning. I haven't even burned through one of those one pound tanks hmm. yet. Damn, I might, I might have to, yeah, only 18 bucks. I'm seeing it at Walmart right now. Yeah. Hmm. Might, might have to invest. Um, well, Con yeah, it's like, it's got, it doesn't have a self starter mine, but it has that, uh, yeah, the valve to increase or decrease your yeah, flame. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And, um, see, well, all right, we'll we'll let Connor go. So I'll swing back around this. So Connor, what what do you got that you you like bring? What's like a something that I can't can't go camping without? Yes, yes. Well, I've got a little skiff canoe that I never go 
pretty much if I'm going out in the outdoors, that's what I bring with me anywhere I go. It's just, I don't know, adds to my recreation and helps me enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, as far as like a campsite type thing, uh, any type of thermosel makes it much more enjoyable for me. Oh, is that one Not, of those, uh, the thermosels are the, uh, the thing for, um, for mosquitoes. Yeah. For mosquitoes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so they make different kinds. There's one that I have for, um, that I bring out bow hunting with me. It's yeah. just the, the standard one looks like a TV remote almost kind of, um, they also make campsite ones that are, that have a bigger radius, uh, and just, it works wonders for keeping the bugs out. And what's the range? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it actually freaking works? What's the uh, what's the radius on one of those? <sighs> I I could go off the top of my head, but but enough I mean, for you. you get, yeah, enough I'm, for me. Yeah. Enough for keeping around a campsite or, or like a campfire. Yeah. Just even around the house, even it, it's it's and amazing. I think the I think the one that looks like a remote's fifteen foot radius. And do you either? And then I think the the bigger ones kind of look like a Bluetooth speaker, and I think that's like almost thirty. The one I have is it's shaped like a like a lantern. Yeah, and yeah, it's probably a thirty foot radius. Well, and what do uh, and I don't know, Zach, you might know too. I don't know what are those. What is the uh, active? What's making it keep the mosquitoes oh, away? Gosh, is Zach, it citronella? Do you know what that is? Is it citronella or is it like a chemical or is it? Because I know they have those. Like, well, like I don't know if it's like microwave yeah. or something. You know, like they. I don't know. There's ones that put out like ultrasonic frequencies. Um, yeah, it's not that. Uh, it's some kind of chemical. You screw in. You screw in your little butane uh, deal. You screw in a little tiny butane pouch, and then it has a heater pad with mats, and the, the heater pad heats up this little tiny pad and that's that emits the repellent right, so it is like a repellent or a cloaking yeah it's cloaking or it's a chemical diffuser yeah it's a, like a mat like half yeah you could smell you could smell yeah, it okay. it's like half the size of your credit card and yeah. maybe like yeah i've times. seen them i just didn't know like how they like what what the, what was the science right, yeah no, what i do not doing. know what the actual chemical is yeah yeah or but, the science yeah I don't but know. god i mean that way you don't have to mess around with like uh tiki torch fluid or yeah. that crap and uh, i don't know it just no headache and it just works yeah i might have to pull the trigger on one of those soon yeah that would be nice even on the boat would be nice to yes. have one of those yeah. um well i would say for me uh one thing and i used it as a ranger all the time and i just had to look up the name of it because i don't even know what the name of it is is the uh the gerber suspension multi-tool um, it's like a pretty generic Gerber multi-tool. I think, yeah, it's like 30 bucks at, uh, at, I think your local stores, but it's, Oh, I think I got that one too. Yeah. yeah. It's like nothing. Uh, Oh, actually I take that back. The one that I have is the, I'm looking at the Gerber website right now. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Uh, well I have it. I guess I could go run upstairs and grab it. Uh, I actually think mine is called the trust. Yes. That's the one that I have. So it's 50 bucks, which isn't terrible. Um, but I use it as a ranger like every day. And that thing has been through hell and high water. And I bring it with me. Like I keep it in my room. If I ever go on any road trip of any kind or I'm going camping or whatever, like I toss it in my truck every time. And I, I don't know, it's just really good. It's a, it's sustained me for as long as I have. And I know everyone talks up Leatherman and Leathermans are super nice. Don't get me wrong, but I just happened to get the Gerber one. And it's been damn good to me. Zach, you said you have one or at least a similar one? Yeah. I mean, it never leaves my hunting pack during hunting season or, 
you know, my truck when I'm just out running around and working or trapping or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you got anything? Uh, so we got, we got the, the stuff that we can't go without. Was there any, well, do we want to add, do we want to do three or two? Another, we could do another round. Yeah. Um, I just started dipping my toes into different, uh, sleeping pads and I just got a cheap, uh, inflatable one, like just a little single person inflatable pad. And I'm an, I'm a big fan of it. You could blow it up with your mouth in a couple minutes, but it keeps you off the ground. It's not super bulky, like just the regular rollout pads, like a yoga mat, um, real, real tight pack. And you just unroll it and blow it up. And it's, I mean, it's your couple inches off the ground. It's, it's pretty slick. I'm getting pretty used to it and I like it a lot. Yeah, that is pretty good. And, uh, what did one of those run you? I got this one for like 10 bucks, um, just cause I wanted to start trying it. But, uh, I think it's a Invi- Invitext or whatever, whoever makes a lot of those like rubber blow up deals, Invitel or something like that. It's a big, big name company but i got it at academy sports for like eight or ten bucks and i know you could spend as much money as you want on them i've seen them for a hundred bucks too but um i'm a big fan and just gonna go up from here the more and more i use it yeah for sure yeah i'm gonna have to get one here soon but yeah i just haven't bought one yet um connor what do you got uh zach you've had good luck with that uh with the blow up one so are you I've used it two or three times so far, and it's been okay. I mean, no holes, no leaks, and no nothing. Is blow up or self-inflating? Blow up. Okay. Well, as a larger human being than both of you, uh, I have had horrible luck with anything that requires it to be blown up. Uh, so uh, it is blown up because and blown up. With, with them, yes, and it's imploded. Uh, yeah, by the end of the night, I'm either on the ground or it's half or deflated. Taco, or, yeah, taco. it's just never been worth it for me. Um, or she's de-inflated. She's right, uninflated. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. Those lonely nights out in the woods. Um, um, so with that, um, I usually, and usually, I don't camp that much, but when I have, I just sleep in my truck. lay the seat back but if i'm off and i can't get to the truck or if i don't have that as an option um a hammock does a trick for me for uh for just getting off the ground and that way you don't have to worry about it and you want to pack up in the middle of the night do you use a parachute hammock like one of the like with the straps to the trees is that the hammock yeah 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 just straps to the tree or you get like a chain or something wrap it around but um yeah carrying something that but I don't know. When I camp, I don't. I'm not usually backpacking, or I'm not backpacking into like deep woods or anything. But um, if I can set something up permanently for like a good amount of time, it's gonna be, yeah, something that I can put it over me, keep the bugs away, yeah, and not have to worry about the rain or dew in the morning and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good gig. Um, all right. Uh, what do I got? So for camping, that is kind of a tricky one. Um. And I'll revert back to, I've talked to this in like one of the early, early episodes. Um, the one thing I always bring camping with me is my camping backpack. So I have a three-day pack. It's a Tenzing 2500, might be a 1500, um, with the rain cover and everything. And it's perfect for like a weekend trip. 
you know, it's enough where I could put extra pair of pants, you know, extra pair of shorts, you know, like basically like a change of clothes, a, uh, you know, some little minor stuff that I need. Cause I keep all my camping gear in like a Tupper or what Rubbermaid, Tupperware, whatever you want to call them. Um, so my backpack is typically just for, uh, you know, my clothes and small stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's typically what I use. Uh, but that's what I can't go without. Um, Zach. All right. So I think for the next round here, unless I did, did anyone have anything that they die hard want to add? No. No. All right. So what's the one thing that you could, you would absolutely never recommend that you own that you regret ever purchasing for the purposes of camping or would never recommend somebody to bring? Oh man. Um, I don't know. Somebody else go first. I got to think about that. So I'll go. And this is actually like a love hate relationship that I have. And it's going to go complete opposite of what Connor just said is the hammock. And I I am a, I'm a side sleeper or a stomach sleeper and brought one and I got a rain fly for mine. Finally. So now I have a rain fly for mine and I'll grin and bear it when it comes to, uh, you know, I would rather hammock than go on, straight actually no i shouldn't say that. i would actually go straight out on the ground with no pad rather than a hammock but if it's you know wet ground or whatever i'll grin and bear it when it comes to a hammock and i'm not a big dude i'm five foot eight i'm not a big dude at all and bro my back gets so cocked i'm like because i stomach sleep so i end up making a reverse view like a damn contortionist and i bring i wake up and i have six herniated discs and my foot is numb I don't know how that happens, but that's what happens every time. Or you get the morning dew that goes down, and now I've, like, right into it, and, like, now I have rope tied to my rope. But the dew will climb down sure. the strings and then get your whole hammock with it. So, but, yeah. All right, Zach, did you want to add one thing that you would never recommend? Um. I don't know, man. I'm not a super hardcore camper, so I guess just know if you're going to be using stuff. Otherwise, like little gadgets and stuff like that you're going to use once a year on the one camping trip you go to, they're really not worth it. I, I don't know any specifics, but like sometimes I think to myself, like, oh, that'd be cool camp, and it's just like a little doodad, but I'm like, do I really want to spend 30 bucks on this thing? Well- well, I, so, I, I don't know. Just just little I stuff. One camping doodad that flies super under the radar. And this isn't more for camping. This is more like if you have a cabin or something more permanent, like a camper, cabin, whatever, is one of those. And this is highly recommend. Yeah, that door's locked. Be, he's not going anywhere. Oh. Yeah, that door's locked in his window. But one thing that flies super. Sorry, the dog's running around. He's just looking out the window. Um, but uh, one thing that flies super under the radar is one of those really nice, they're made out of like rebar or metal, whatever, is the log grabber for a fire. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Does it look like just a... It looks uh, like a cloth. Two feet. Oh. Yeah, well, it's got like three like things and you can grab them. Oh, like sure. Yeah. Where you lift it and it uses the, its yeah. own weight to grab yeah, on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Like basically any type of really good log poker flies super under the radar as far as camping equipment, or at least, like, outdoor living equipment. And sorry, sure. Connor, so something that you, you do not like. Uh, I don't know. I just, when I'm out in the woods, or just, even if, if like, 
uh, ice fishing. I hate being unorganized. Yeah. So just having a bunch of crap that you're never going to use or use once on it yeah. while you're out there just drives me crazy. Yeah. So I guess just clutter. Yeah. Clutter, in general. <laughs> clutter is, can go without. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Zach, so well, uh, well, Zach, you're leading this thing. You you carry this on, put putting the team on my back here. Um, well, I guess what uh, what kind of camping have you guys all done? Like, I know we we got quite a bit of them, but what kind of what kind of camping have you guys done? What's your favorite, and what what kind can you just kind of you could be okay with without doing every but every couple of years or something? The only really camping I've done is on. Uh, state park or private park campsites where it's not a i've never been to like devil's lake or a place that is that large um but the park i used to work at i've been to a few times just to as a place to sleep while i'm out um uh, bow hunting um and then a place down in muscaday wisconsin which is in grant county where i've used to go uh, that was right on the river and just easy access. So, um, in both those places, and that's just an out of your truck hammock yeah, or truck sleeping not, type not of deal. A place where I'm like hiking into a uh, a national forest and camping out and and have zero resources and what I'm bringing is the only thing I'm going to have. Something where I'm pretty close to my vehicle and if the need comes to go into town and I realized I forgot something or need some type of food or whatever. I can go and do that. So camping isn't my number one, like forte by any means. Zach. I'll... Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'll go camping. I, I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy camping, but it's kind of like hiking for me where if that's all I'm doing, I'd almost rather be doing something hmm. else, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, why do I, why do I want to walk? <laughs> I can walk with a gun in my hand. Why would I want to yeah. walk just to I'm walk? I'm kind of with you and I hike a lot, but I often feel that way as I'm hiking. I'm like, bro, I'm just walking right now. Unless there's like a waterfall <laughs> or something I'm trying to get to, I feel very much like I'm like, Ugh. a purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I've done all sorts of camping. Uh, I mean, I grew up camping, uh, which I was fortunate enough. Um, you know, my, my parents had a, a permanent camper. Uh, it was like a 30-foot gooseneck that um, we had in Baraboo, Wisconsin. It was at, uh, what the hell was that place called? Um, uh, Tuckaway. Tuckaway Campground. Man, I just had a flashback. That was like <laughs> the neuron at the farthest back of my brain just clicked in. Um but yeah, so I've done like camper camping. Uh, my brother had a pop up for a little bit, and I mean, we—I never camped out of it, but he had one. I've done uh, sandbar camping. I've done hammock camping. I've done where I've camped and literally just slept in the in the back seat of my truck. I've done uh, tent, plenty of tent camping. Um, I've even done. I mean shit on the on duck opener this last you may as well have called it camping when you get there at midnight and you're just sleeping on the boat right um so yeah i mean i i've done all sorts of camping uh i would say probably my favorite um i, I do there's something about tent camping that is like you feel like you're camping like it feels like true camping 
Um, and I've done that all over. Um, I'd say one of the coolest sites that I had was um, in Mammoth Caves, Kentucky at Mammoth Caves National Park. Um, there was a really cool campsite there. And then like sandbar camping on the Wisconsin River is pretty cool too. Um, like out of a canoe where you pack your stuff in a canoe. That's fun too. Um, yeah, so I've done it all. I'd say probably my favorite is tent camping. And probably my least favorite is like where you just set up like a hammock on shore, you know, from a canoe. That's probably like my least favorite. But if you have a sandbar, that's nice. But if you're just like in swampy mosquito infested area, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I've done, I've done, I like pop-up camping. I like tent camping a lot too. Um, one of my favorite spots that we went was at Trempolo, Wisconsin, down by La Crosse or south of La Crosse. Um, but yeah, it, once I'm in the zone of we're going camping, then I'm all about it. But uh, if it's like hunting and stuff, I'd, I love to get there, you know, like you guys said, super, super late to early, however you look at it and just sleep in the truck or sleep once you get out to your spot or stuff like that, or, or even just stay up and listen to everything, wake up. And See, is that, I don't know. It's just, uh, is that camping? What? Do we consider that camping? See, I, I would actually argue that that's camping. What if you What's go that? out like, okay, let's just say for like, if you go to bed, yeah. yeah. If you try and take a nap beforehand, I'd call that camping. Like you sleep in the back of your truck before duck hunting. Hmm. Okay. Like, like you go out and park at, you know, two in the morning and catch a, a three hour nap before you walk out to your, I sure. would, I would say that's, I say if you're not sleeping under a permanent roof, that's when it turns into camping. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. I can see your argument on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if it's in the woods, if you're at a truck stop, that's just, prostitution um, <laughs> that's boring yourself out uh, but, uh yeah no yeah so yeah because I, I i mean legitimately i mean this past um this past year for duck opener like i got to the boat launch at 2 a.m and the open the actual shooting hours weren't until i think like 705 or 710 in the morning something like that so i mean we just chilled like i was with a buddy of mine we just chilled and watched a movie and like took a nap on the water like just hung out there till we could set out the decoys yep yep uh i mean there's no nothing different than that as opposed to getting there that the morning before and sleeping at night yeah there. yeah exactly exactly yeah yep there was one night when i was working down at yellowstone that i uh crept out at like one in the morning got in my little skiff paddled <laughs> out to this little swamp <laughs> this little bog and just slept for like three hours in my canoe and right in the middle of the water and uh i guess i didn't think of it that way but i eh, you can say it's camping i guess yeah it's uh yeah one one single night camping mm-hmm. but uh it's my kind of camping i'd rather do that than go out and I'd go out when it's 80 degrees at night and sleep in a hot box yeah. tent and well not get much sleep and then wake up and then have nothing to do. Yeah, well, okay, here's another thing. Because I have very defined limits on my camping. What's your maximum nights consecutive for camping? Like, I've in this is that I've done or that you or would just, do? Just that you would do. Like, for, for, and this is not like hunting related. Like, if you're on an elk hunt or, you know, a bear hunt or something like that, that's different. Like, you're just going out camping. I think it's directly related to how much alcohol has been consumed <laughs> uh, uh, because you know rory and brandon my buddies from back home 
we went and camped for, I forget how many days it was. It was probably close to about five days. Um, I don't know. We were kind of catfishing, but not really down in North Carolina. Catfishing women or catfishing? No, <laughs> using, no. Using fake Tinder profiles? No, or... we, we were uh, uh, bank setting for uh, catfish out on whatever river it was. I don't remember, but mostly just drinking a lot of alcohol throughout the day. And by day five, we were all pretty much done. <laughs> Zach, how about, how about you? Yeah. What's your limit? I'd say another big factor besides how much beer is in the cooler is how much the fish are biting. Um, uh, I'd, I'd say three nights, probably. See, I'm with you. Three nights, it doesn't matter. Prime conditions, terrible conditions. It's just going to depend. Like, three's my cap. And that even goes for, like, hotel vacations. Like, I like to keep my vacations short, active, and get back home. <laughs> Get what I need to get done and then come back. Unless it's like, you know, a, a once in a lifetime trip or something like, yeah, I get that. Sure. But um, yeah, I'd say like three nights is where I definitely like to keep it. Five nights would be like my cap. Seven days, five nights would be my top tippy top of capping. Yeah. And, and hunting is completely different and, you know, a week is probably very doable. And, you know, a lot of it I take into consideration, too, is running a town. That's always going to keep a guy sane. If there's a tavern in town, then you could stop at. You know, that might be a couple extra nights to kill or something like that. Or yeah. if you can go there to grab a bite or grab order a pizza or something, then that might be different. But if we're just in the middle of, the, in the middle of nowhere and we don't really leave too far, then two, three nights max. And also, I think it depends on if you're bot- on a body on or near a body of water as well because my big thing that keeps me is wouldn't not be and it's a weird thing because i'm not i'm I'm gonna be honest i'm not a clean man i tend to just get dirty by my lifestyle choices um but if i can't shower for more than like three days or at least rinse off that's gonna be a no boy yeah has a way of just reinvigorating yeah like at least if and even if i have a lake like if i could go just jump in the lake and like clean off or you know like a river or something i'll be okay but if i'm just out in the woods three days tops man yeah if i can't drive to town or drive to a lake pretty easily then yeah two nights (laughs) yeah that's rough that that'd be a rough one all right. Um. Yeah. What else do we want to touch on here? Okay. Um. Yeah, Zach. I mean, yeah. This. This is. This is your show this week. Um. I don't know. Are you guys good on camping? I got nothing. Yeah. Else. I don't got. I don't got much else. Yeah. I mean, camping's camping's fun. It's pretty sweet. You know, I would say, the camping almost to me falls into a subset of my outdoor activities. Like the outdoor activities that I do lead to camping camping doesn't lead to my other activities right like if i want to do a canoe trip like i want to do the canoeing and the camping is a subset of sure. the what the activity that i want to do or if i go on like a long hunting trip i'm going to be forced to camp because of the hunting trip and right. you know and so on and so forth i'm not a guy that necessarily goes camping just to camp yeah 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 it's gonna be a way to get out yeah 
yeah, not necessarily just to sleep in the woods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which that's fine. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily go out of my way just to sleep in the woods. It's normally I'm doing something in the woods that requires me to sleep there. Right. It's just the same, same thing as hiking. I don't want to hike to hike. I want to hike for a purpose. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Well, yeah, then that's camping. Um, I don't know next, just if you guys are doing anything to uh, kind of prep for any seasons coming up or getting boats ready or scouting early season deer or what do you guys got going? Well, uh, this week, actually, I came home today from uh, – just running errands and my neighbor had spread all of the lime on my food plot this year so in, in like an hour so uh that was nice to have done and he just did it for me so, so you have a food plot now. so now the food plot is limed and ready to go um now we just need to add some fertilizer to it and we'll be ready to plant uh probably in the next two to three weeks here and so where are you going radishes again? yeah we're doing that same brassica blunt with the radishes turnips and uh rape in there so that'll be good um what else i planted some uh, uh well i transplanted some maple trees that had been growing in a uh in the woods and i just moved them out into the field so that one it's going to be some different cover and a barrier mm. for, between my house and the food plot and uh just act as like a snow break too mm-hmm. um oh boy what else it's been a it's been a fun month actually here of just being out and working working on my property but we cut some travel lanes through the tall grass um so it hopefully is going to funnel some deer and zach have you talked to anybody that has put um like scrape or rub trees uh not planted the tree but put just putting some kind of branch in the middle of a field to kind of focus bucks and deer activity towards like a uh, to at scrapes or rubs yeah i know uh i know guys do a lot of like cedar transplants or just cedar uh you know uh rub trees um just make they make sure that all the branches down low are uh cleared out so they have a good space to rub i don't know if they pre-rub it or put like a scrape under it or anything but um I'd be very interested in doing that, especially with a, a little opening like you got out there. Sure. Yep. So that's kind of something I'm going to monkey around with once the once the food plot is planted, because uh, I've got. I mean, that swamp is all full of cedar, so I think it just cut down a decent sized branch and throw a couple out in the middle of the field and see what happens. Make some mock scrapes out there. Yeah. Are you gonna? Uh... You're gonna plant. Or you're just gonna dig a hole and put it vertical, yeah, right? Yeah, that's all I'd be doing. I wouldn't be actually planting something out there. Something that I could take out by the time we end up planting next year. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear that. I know, I know everyone that does it seems to. It's, it doesn't hurt anything. Obviously, I think a lot of guys that do it have a lot of success or at least activity on it at some point. Sure. Well, let me ask you this. See, for that, do you think? Actually, this would be for any graduate researchers out there in the wildlife field. Here's a good project. Um, I I wonder if you could take something like like get a cedar fence post, you know, go pick up a $20 cedar fence post, a 10 footer like at Walmart or something. So it's got that super cedary 
smell to it and then just if you just jammed it in the middle of your field like would they rub on it as opposed to or is there something about the actual like natural cedar you know the bark or something that they're choosing to rub up against yeah not sure i know that for the scrapes i i guess i i don't know that's a good question i i'm i'm pretty certain i've seen wooden fence post rubbed on sure yeah, I just wonder if there like I just wonder if there would be a statistically significant, you know, if they if they would choose a a natural one as opposed to a just fence, you know, if it's the only thing around, I don't know. Maybe they would I, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting study. Graduate researcher, someone that's not as dumb as me, go do that. <laughs> I know uh pigs down here they rub against uh, electrical poles because they like that creosote or whatever oh, uh, that yeah, they're treated yeah. with because it works as a bug deterrent oh damn smart little bugger yeah apparently yeah but they get you see mud rubs on those electric poles and some of them even have like indents in them from so many rubs going on on them but they get that stuff on them and i guess they they like it i don't know if uh i don't know if they know necessarily if there's a direct correlation with bugs that being off them more but they, they like it and they seem to favor it if whenever they can. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I really want to get some uh, winter wheat on the ground this year still. Um, some of my soybeans and corn up north didn't really take. So I really want to try and get something down and we could do oats this late still, or we could do radishes and stuff, but I think I want to keep something more green standing over winter. And then uh, early spring, I want to till all that under and try and start growing an O layer down there because we got pretty sandy soil where I'm at. So that might be up on our list still, but we'll see. Sure. Yeah, that'd be good for sure. Are you guys planning on doing any prescribed burns or anything up there? I was thinking about that the other day because you're mostly just... Um... I've been on your property before, but it's just mostly uh, uh, woodland. You're not you're not going to do any burns or anything, are you? And you don't do any burns on your property. Um, on my place? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to convince everyone that we need to on our food plot because we have six acres up front that got cleared out. It was timbered for red pine, and it's been uh, just new growth ever since, and we got it cleared, and we got one acre cleared for a food plot and I really want to burn it. Um, and then our 10 acres is pretty clear besides like sandy uh, vegetation and cedars. So we have burn potential, but uh, I just want to make sure everyone's on board. Maybe we could start with that little one acre burn on that food plot first. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know in Wisconsin, it's fairly easy to get a permit to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't even know. I don't know all the permitting stuff, but I know different states I've lived in, you just needed to call ahead of time. Yeah, that's essentially what the but, permit is. The permit is essentially like, did you call? Yes. Okay, here's your permit. Yeah. And then you, you don't burn anything. No, I haven't. And I don't think I will. I've thought You're about that in the right? past. Uh, what's that? Mostly swamp. Your pro or well, well the truck. north side of the property is all prairie. Yeah. But um, uh, we're starting to get a, I mean, we've got hundreds of little pines and uh, small, uh, small maples that are coming up out there now. And just the way the deer have, are moving through my area, they seem to go around that prairie more mm -hmm. than cut through it. So if I can get that, bring that wood line to them a little bit more and actually have something growing up so they have some cover, 
uh, I think that's going to be more beneficial than having the uh, the prairie in the entire area. Up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, that makes sense. Connor, Connor, you got a big reed canary thicket on that one side of your property, don't yep. you? Kind of on the, that goes next to the swamp there. Right. Yep. So on the south side of the property, it's a lot of goldenrod, a lot of reed canary, um, and uh, yeah. So uh, and then there's some clover mixed in with it too. That's down there, but mostly that. And I've thought about burning that too since. Um, that might be a good winter burn. I was going to say. Um, we're starting to get a lot of thistle that's grown up in there too. Almost to the point where I probably shouldn't spray it just because there's so much of it. Um, so in the future, uh, in the next few years here, I probably should burn that. You call me and old Austin up there and we'll get that thing burned out in a couple yeah, seconds. Yeah, It's not a huge piece of property. It's probably an acre and a half, two acres. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, uh, for me, um, I have, I mean, as far as preparation for hunting season, I've been shooting my bow periodically, which I've just come to find out that it's illegal to shoot my bow within city limits. So I've been kind of nervous to shoot it recently. Um, <laughs> you were so sure of that I know. Like last I year. So sure. <laughs> yeah, I was so sure of that. Someone's like, yeah, like, hey, you might want to double check into that. And I looked in there and I was like, oops, oopsie. <laughs> e- <laughs> So, um, sounds like a goose experience Zach and I had a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's never going to get told. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been hesitant. Uh, well, I'll, I'll still shoot in my backyard, but my backyard, I can only shoot about like, I don't know, it's maybe 20 yards from like corner to corner is how I've been shooting. Um, so, I mean, I've been practicing, but it's not very good practice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just getting everything ready. I got to get some, uh, I got to get some brackets set up for the duck line on my boat for duck hunting. Um, I have to adjust a few small things. I'm going to get some, uh, some matting put down for the mud. Um, yeah, nothing too spectacular. I'm going out. Hopefully I'm trying to, I've been coordinating with someone that's currently doing a waterfall study here in Wisconsin at the Mead, and I'm trying to go out banding with him. We just got like, I, I, he actually needs the help to go out banding. So I just need to figure out days that I could go out and help him. So that'll give me a good chance to go out and scout because I, I do intend to hunt at the Mead uh, this year. So that'll be a good chance for me to kind of see what's going on. And then obviously learn how to ban birds. I've never actually banded birds before, so. I'm going to go out and help this, uh, this person that's doing research for the DNR. And then, um, yeah, so nothing too spectacular. Um, uh, I would really like to get out and shoot trap. And I know I was telling you, I, I would like to get out and shoot some trap just so I can, you know, I, I gotta get, I gotta dust the rust off. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, uh, since you mentioned that I'm actually going to Waukesha this weekend, uh, and Bailey's having their great cancer shootout fundraise and you get 50 plays on their uh trap range it's a the uh oh i forget how they get like a field trap range or whatever they call it where it's just a bunch of different flyers at each station yeah so you go through yeah sporting plays yeah, yeah. so if you guys are interested and want to come down for the day it's on saturday think about it but uh yeah that's what i'm planning on doing We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk off the air because that that might uh, that might be in the uh, in the realm of possibility. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. But no, anyway, I was. Uh, oh, sorry. Are you done, Austin? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's pretty much it for me. Nothing too exciting. I mean, I've just been more focusing on enjoying the summer than getting ready for fall. As much as I, as much as I love to get ready for the fall, um, you know, summer is short-lived in Wisconsin, so I try and make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just uh, I've been getting my traps dyed, my fur traps for this next fur season. I'm pretty excited. Might have some big news sooner or later about all that stuff. Got a lot of irons in the fire right now. But uh, while I'm still here, I'm trying to find out some summer patterns for deer where our bow season comes in so early that I can hunt these deer on summer patterns. So hopefully I can get a few in the freezer. What? What is your start date there? Uh, September 15. So same as Wisconsin, I believe, but it's 102 degrees down here during September 15. <laughs> sure. That is my literal waking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, other than that, to just, uh, just getting stuff squared away on trapping and hunting and just, uh, yeah, staying busy. Got a lot of irons in the fire, like I say. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, uh, well, Zach, I think we could close out here with uh, our final segment, Hot Gear, Cold Beer. Um, you got anything for us? Yeah, um, Hot Gear. I uh, recently purchased a big, uh, well, I purchased a couple traps, a big Duke cage trap. I'm excited to at least try for some bobcats this year down here if I do end up trapping down here um it's a 10 by 12 cage trap but i've also purchased from dunlap lures uh a lot of lures scents and baits uh jeff dunlap Dunlap makes yeah jeff dunlap makes some of the best stuff out there right now and i got uh, a new bait i'm excited for this first season called soul taker and it's rancid muskrat meat Mixed with skunk, 100% skunk essence. Mmm, good, perfect <laughs> for dinner. Thank you. Mmm, yum. Yeah, so real excited about using that in my dirt hole sets and coyote sets, and I also got some uh, skunk essence and coyote urine and a whole bunch of fun stuff in the mail the other day that made the whole house stink when I opened the box up. Well, that's good. I think, well, I mean, when it comes to, uh, to baits like that, that's actually a good thing that that happens. Is it not? Oh yeah. You want it, you want it just rancid enough, but not too rancid. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Um, yeah. No, a, you know, that smell, it smells like money in the house right now. Yeah. So, so that's your hog. Your, what do you got for, uh, for a cold beer? Oh, this, oh, actually, well, it, this may not be a recommendation, but we, we, I wanted you to touch on this. <laughs> what you drank yeah boys i'm looking at it right now i found i searched it got released on monday and i was searching around all over the place and walmart had one 30 pack sitting by its low lonesome just amongst the rest of the regular stuff but i found a 30 rack of bush apple bush light apple um a bushel a bushel of apples a bushel of apples um a peck of pickled peppers. Um, but my review on that is it's pretty, it's pretty good. I'll give it, they didn't overdo it. Um, it's great. Ice cold. It kind of tastes more on the green apple side, honestly. 
And I think that's just to keep it not super sweet. It's got a little sourness to it. And I think they did that on purpose. So it wasn't super sweet, but, uh, it's pretty good. Not going to lie. Good, good cold summer drink or maybe a fall drink too, but it, it's good. I like it. So not, you, uh, would you not my go-to, but I like it. Would you say that it's a apple flavored beer or is it a cider? It's definitely an apple flavored beer. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's still a light beer too. So it's just got just enough apple in there where you can really, you taste the apple, but it's not like drinking a cider. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. I can have more than one of them. Usually with those ciders, you know, one and you're got gut rot and you got real sweet, sweet teeth or whatever. Yeah. But with these, like these, you can have a couple. That's good. Um, Connor, what do you got for us? I don't have a gear for you, but I no had, gear. No, Come on. Not off the top of my head. I'll, I'll, I'll Didn't you get him a shot collar recently? Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll work. Uh, you got some gear that you got to buy me soon too, Connor. Yes, I do. Yep. Some MB five fifties. Yep. So that's right. Yep. What is that? Uh, it's a foothold. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I got my other dog, Boomer, my Black Lab slash Walker Hound mix. Uh, a nice shot collar that has been working great. Um, well, the Garmin dog products are awesome. I love them. Um, no sponsor. Yes, yes, but Garmin, if you're listening. Yes, Garmin, uh, please sponsor us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but the uh, the shot collar I got for my, uh, yeah, for my duck dog has been working great. Works great. I think it set up to a mile and a half was the effective range you put different uh it's got three different settings for three different collars so you can run three dogs at a time and work with them that way um shock okay boomer (laughs) yeah yeah that came out before that became a thing i promise uh Yeah. That's so, that. And so does a GPS. So does a, that collar, does it actually, can you like get an app or something where it will GPS track? So that's dog? not my GPS one. This one, my Beagle has a GPS one that I've been using. Um, boy, what was that? Ast- an, uh, Garmin Astro, I think it is what it is. And that thing is phenomenal. Three miles um, with the collar that I have for him, which is just their basic one. And I mean, it hooks up to my watch. I mean, it's got all sorts of different features um it lets me know where my little beagle runs off to which is pretty- does it have the setting where it'll tell you if it's treed yes it has treed uh pointing you can it has those settings i don't have that just because my beagle is just my rabbit dog <laughs> but it will tell you if i mean the same product will tell you if it's treed or pointed or whatever you're using it for yeah that's awesome yeah like if AJ st- like starts circling around and loses the track, a lot of the times it'll indicate that the that he's treed. Um, so I'll, I'll it's nice to know that oh okay well he stopped running and that rabbit is either tucked away or he's lost the track. Sure, and when he's when he's on his loops, if he loses it, does it track his track then, so he can go back and try and pick it up again? Yep, yep. So it'll show you, and it'll. I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's almost like a jet trail. Like if you're, yeah, yeah, it'll taper off. 
And as he moves on, it just shows where he was within the past minute. Yeah, like five minutes, whatever. or something. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. So it'll show where he's been, and he can go try to pick him up where he's at and kind of see the trajectory uh, of one where the rabbit is going and uh, if he's starting to circle back. Well, okay, now AJ's starting to circle back. That rabbit's probably going to be coming through here soon. Yeah. So. All right. So now That's what do you got for a cold beer? <sighs> Belgian Beavers Peanut Butter Porter. That's a mouthful. Mm. Out, of, <laughs> out of Denver, Colorado. Okay, where'd you get I'm going that from? out of my native state. Uh, I am sorry, Wisconsin, but that is some of the best uh, peanut butter porters, which are now becoming a thing that I've had. Michaela and I uh, picked up a, a 12 pack of that the other day, and it was pretty darn good. I've noticed that a lot of peanut butter porters are either so light on the peanut butter that you really can't. I mean, it's it's not enough that you want or it's like spot on yeah this one is you definitely taste the peanut butter in it um and it almost has a like that bourbon like that bourbon barrel stout strongness to it um i can taste it in the back of my tongue right now oh my god it's pretty stinking good love it yeah so that's my uh, that's my hot beer take. That's my expertise. Cold beer. Cold, cold beer. beer. Yeah. Or, or yes, cold mm-hmm. beer take. Um, well, for me, uh, for a hot gear, um, I don't have anything yet, but I'm very excited. It should be coming in on Friday. Uh, I got a master built um, 36 inch digital smoker that I'm very excited about. That is coming in. Um, yeah, like I said, in the next two days. So. I'll chime in on that. My dad has the same one and it's been great for years. So I'm saying I'm preemptively saying it's a hot gear, but I don't know. I am sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> but we, have, yeah, we will find out. I will be, I'm going to be putting all sorts of weird stuff in there. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Everything's getting smoked. Everything. You name <laughs> it. Um, yeah. And actually Connor and I were talking, I do have some moose meat in the freezer. I was actually thinking about making some moose smoked moose jerky with it, oh, but yeah. I almost feel like that would be bad. Like, it would almost be a waste of the moose meat. Like, I feel like it should just be in a dish. Rare on a steak. Rare on a steak. That's how moose should be. Well, this is ground. This is ground moose meat. So, it's basically going to be like Uh, a moose burger or like in a skillet or something like that. But whatever the case is, I got a master-built smoker coming in, and that's my hot gear. And my cold beer, as everyone here knows, I'm not much of a beer drinker. Um... But my birthday was yesterday. Everyone wished me a happy birthday. God damn it. Um, but um, so I got a bunch of alcohol for my birthday. And uh, there's one in particular that I got. Um, and I'm a big whiskey guy. Um, but I got this whiskey. It is called uh, Screwball Whiskey. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. the peanut butter one. Yeah. So that's what I got. I had never had this before. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you never had this. I don't know. I've never, I've never had it either, but I've been dying to try it. Yeah. So I got this screwball peanut butter whiskey. It is really good. I had one little, uh, shot of it, like before, cause I didn't want to, I was afraid to drive home with an open container, but, um, I did crack it and have a little swig of it, uh, before I drove back and, uh, it's damn good. It is very damn good. And, um, yeah, so that's my recommendation. I mean, it tastes like. I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't, uh, yeah, it, it tastes like peanut butter. I don't know. It's literally what it tastes like, uh, but it is very good. <laughs> and, I, and I got a few other ones. Um, 
from a which I'll I'll review I I cause I've had them, but I'll save those for other weeks. So I got a peanut butter, I got a caramel turtle, and I got a chocolate whiskey. So I got I got all the all the bases covered. And I got a bottle of Gentleman Jack, which I'm very excited to try as well. I've never had Gentleman Jack. So I got a lot of whiskeys I'm gonna be rating for the next few weeks here. Good stuff. Well, I got a couple things with all that. Number one, we went out to eat the other night and Tracy got a drink that was called the Elvis Presley and it was screwball peanut butter whiskey, uh, bacon vodka and banana vodka because that was Elvis Presley's like one of his favorite foods or whatever. Wait, hold up. You said screwball peanut butter bacon? Screwball peanut butter, bacon and banana. It, oh, it was in a drink? This was all in a drink? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he made the, like, caramelized, you know, like, candied bacon with the screwball peanut butter. I was like, damn, I might try that. Smoker's coming in. Don't don't tempt me. I got a lot of ideas. Sure could. I mean, the drink was damn good, too. But, and then you brought up a smoker. Um, I smoked pork butt for 18 hours on Saturday. And uh, big thumbs down to Smoke Hollow smokers because I'm pretty sure I burned that thing up and now it's broke. Oh, Jesus. What, what but at the what expense of, hours. I don't know, it's the whole, the whole board where I punch in the time and temperature is just bugging out like I can't even do anything on it. But yeah. it did make me a perfect pork butt. Well, I, I've been I've been hearing that, uh, and that's why I got the master built. Is all of the reviews that I see, which Smoke Hollow, if you sponsor us, I'll change my mind. But uh, all the reviews that I see on Smoke Hollow, I, that seems like a, com- a common problem. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I might contact him, or I might just buy one of those master builts or whatever those were. That's like the same kind of layout, but just a better quality one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, at the expense of the smoker, I made the perfect pork butt, seven and a half pound pork butt. And it's, we've been munching on it every dinner since Saturday, and I'm not sick of it yet. And, and you made what, nine pounds? It was seven and a half pounds. And I did a 12 hour brine the day before, took it out, patted it dry, rubbed it with a spicy brown mustard. And then uh, I did a dry rub of Slappy Mama Cajun rub, Cajun hot rub, um, and then smoked it for 18 hours at 225. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do, Zach, now that I got the smoker, me and you are going to definitely be uh, g- going tip for tat with some recipes. But um, yeah, that sounds amazing. So yeah, that, uh, that pork roast was only, uh, you know, like 30 bucks a pound or 40 bucks a pound. That's it. Yeah, when you look at it like that, yeah, <laughs> that's it. So. I mean, it was dollar. It was a dollar fifty a pound, so it, it was a hell of a deal. But at the expense of that piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he, at least he got something out of the deal. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, uh, I think that closes it for this week. Uh, was there anything either one of you guys wanted to add or talk about anything that we missed? Oh no, it's. Getting close. I, it, this uh, cooler weather in the past few days has really gotten me amped up for the fall. So I, uh, that's that's all I have to add is that I'm getting pumped now. It's it's almost here. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Well, I think we can close it out. Um, 
This was, uh, yeah, so this was, I think, episode, this might be episode 20. Oh, my God. Okay. Tracy. And Zach is dead. Zach, are you okay? I'm fine. (laughs) So, um, perfect closing to this episode. Uh, We'll close out. um, As always, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Between Two Pines on Instagram or at Between Two Pines Pod on Instagram. Uh, and then we're on every major carrier for uh, for podcasts. Follow us. Let us know how we're doing. If you are a professional in the field, uh, shoot us a DM. We would be more than happy to interview you. And uh, as we kind of close out the summer here and get into fall, um, I think we're going to definitely get back into uh, more regular an episode every week. I know it's been summer. We've been real bad about it, but we have lives too. We're just trying to enjoy ourselves. So um, as fall gets closer, expect uh, more, more regular episodes. So uh, thanks again. Let us know how we're doing and follow us and listen to us more. Thanks again. Bye.